listening to CFRN, the Christian Financial Radio Network. Good afternoon, traders, and welcome back to the CFRN E-Mini Futures Cast. This is the daily broadcast of Indeterminate Length, where we discuss all things E-Mini, along with some really big ideas on the finer points of trading gold, bonds, crude, sugar, the euro. Joining us today, Mr. Michael Borg. From our trading desk in Chicago, Mr. Burton Schlichter. Now, to get things started, let's go to our host and founder in Studio A, overlooking South Mountain, America's largest city park. Here's Dwayne. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Today is Tuesday, 7th day of December, 2021. Thanks so much for joining us, whoever you are, wherever you are, we're just glad to have you right here, right now. If you can't see the screen I have up, go to our homepage at cfrn.net slash live. There you'll find a live, real-time simulcast of the show, but you won't have access to the chat box. However, if from our home page you click the big microphone on the right-hand side of the page, that allows you to join the show every day with one-click access, and it does give you access to the question box. We've got a couple more ways you can join the show each and every day. Uh, you can go to our YouTube channel. We broadcast live each and every day at youtube.com CFRN. Not only do we broadcast live every day, but we archive each and every daily show. Currently, we have over 1,800 daily live broadcasts archived on our YouTube channel for your educational and viewing pleasure. And you can also join after the fact by telling your Alexa device to simply play eMini daily report tried to make it as simple as possible so that everybody can participate in the show okay let's open with a word of prayer as we do but first let me talk to you for just a second you know the enemy he's been around since uh the beginning of time before our understanding of time and his tools are well crafted and many you know, there's the obvious alcohol, drugs, infidelity. But he also has some other tools that are a little more subtle. And the one I want to talk about today is rejection. 1 Peter 5.8 cautions us, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I know what it feels like to feel forgotten. As a child, I was extremely overweight. I was the fat kid. Uh, 
I weighed 159 pounds in the 6th or 7th grade. Now, once I learned about ladies and all that stuff, uh, I shed my weight pretty quick. But I was the fat kid. I always wanted somebody to choose me to be on their team. I didn't care if it was softball, football. We didn't do kickball back then or soccer. But I never got picked because I was a fat kid. I wanted to be the kid that somebody would call their best friend. I wanted, like all other kids, to be liked by the cool kids at school. All of these longings kept me in a cycle of rejection. I found myself fighting for attention only to be rejected again and again. This continued even into adulthood through church hurts and severed trust in relationships. It all kept me wondering how anyone could ever truly love me or care for me. I wanted to accept that God loved me unconditionally, but I struggled to embrace this truth. How could a holy, perfect, creative, all-knowing God love me? Because I knew me. It took years of searching His Word, years of prayer, and believing His words over me to finally break free of the crippling reality of not being enough. Maybe you can identify. Because I have a feeling I'm not alone. Perhaps you may relate to this and have experienced the pain of infidelity, the loss of close friendships, or the internal rejection that causes us to put ourselves down. Yet today I want to reassure you that rejection is not new. In fact, it is one of the oldest tricks of the enemy. In the Old Testament, Joseph was rejected by his brothers and sold into slavery. Hagar was rejected after giving birth to her son. And the New Testament is no different. There are countless stories of Jesus himself not being accepted. Many wondered how Jesus, a carpenter's son, could be capable of performing such miracles or having people who wanted to follow him. Although we may experience rejection from family, friends, or society, it is our responsibility to use that rejection not to harbor bitterness, but to run closer to God. Unfortunately, the longer we allow ourselves to stay in a place of rejection, the more it will affect our relationship with others and with God. Our self-esteem can become so low that we start to doubt if God loves us and if his words can possibly even apply to us but his word is clear and we need to only look in his word for the truth of who we are that means me and you psalm 139 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made john 316 says we were worth dying for you you were worth dying for and Ephesians 1.4 tells us that we are chosen. 
This is who we are. So let's pray that we will not be defined by the sum of other people's opinions or the internal securities, insecurities that we wrestle with in our souls. We are who God says we are. Our job is to embrace it. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for showing me who you have called me to be. I pray against the rejection that keeps me in bondage and clouds my ability to receive your truth. I ask that you use this week to remind me of your love and your words over me. I pray for discernment to recognize the enemy's lies. Give me eyes to see myself, how you see me. I thank you, God, that rejection is not from you. I praise you that you love me, despite my flaws, despite my shortcomings. Thank you for seeing my heart and molding my life to reflect you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Happy Tuesday. All right, guys. I hope it is a happy Tuesday for you, whoever you are and wherever you are. Let me give you the numbers from around the world. These are the cash markets or indices that I'll start with. Here in the U.S., the Dow is up 532 points, 1.5%. And, and the NASDAQ is up 461 points. That's over 3%. S&P 500 is up 97 points, that's over 2%, and the Russell 2000 is up 62 points, that's almost 3%. In the commodity basket, crude oil up $3.19, trading 72.67 last, that's a gain of 4.5%. Gold is up $7.90, trading 1787.40 last. Silver up 33 cents. Thank you, silver. That's a gain of almost one and a half percent, and that's worth more than $1,250 per contract traded. In the Asian markets, at the close, the Nikkei posted a gain of 528 points. That's a gain of almost two percent. Shanghai gained six points. The Hang Seng, two days back to back, added 634 points. That's a gain of almost 3%. And in the European markets at the close, FTSE up 107. That's 1.5%. The DAX up 433. That's a gain of almost 3%. And the CAC up 199. That's a gain of almost 3%. So, that gives us a green day in Asia, a green day in the UK, and so far, it is a big green radio Tuesday here in the US of A. So with that, we'll pass it over to Michael. He'll give us a recap of everything that happened this morning in the live training room. After that, I'll come back. We'll take a look at the logic alerts, the concierge trade alerts, and at any point during the broadcast, if you have a question, please just type it into the chat box. Nobody sees what you type but us, 
and we're always happy to answer your questions. Michael, it's all yours. All right. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Today is Tuesday, right? Yes, today is Tuesday, the 7th day of December, 2021. Um, all right, if you have not taken a free trial with us and you want to take a free trial with us, go to eminitrainingschool.com. Okay, on this page, all that we ask for is your first name, your email, and your phone number. You can tell us a big straight channel so we can tailor one-on-one training just for you. Uh, hit the send button, you're going to be sent a confirmation link. You must click on that confirmation link. Okay, if you don't click the link, you don't get the free trial, so you got to make sure you click on that link. Okay, all right, recap. Now, today was not as good as yesterday, or the day before that, or the day before that, but it was better than the day before that. But <laughs> anyway, if you're going to read the spreadsheet, you got to read all the CFTC risk disclosures down the bottom. Today is the seventh day of December 2021. Today, we made 36 ticks in crude, six ticks in gold, and 24 ticks on the ES. Put us at plus 720 on the morning session. Today, it took 15 minutes and four trades to get to the goal for the day. At that point, we're up. $110 a contract, and we took a total of 19 trades this morning. Okay, that puts us at $5,040 on the month. That's over five trading days, averaging $1,008 per contract per two-hour trading day. Um, we've now gone 231 out of 234 possible days of getting our goal, and that puts us at $137,115 per contract per two-hour trading day on the year. Um, averaging $585 a contract on the year, All right? If you were to quit when you got your goal for the day and you added one contract per month, so far this year, you would only work 61.82 hours this year. Um, that, that would have, you would have averaged $2,880 per contract, not per, I'm sorry, $2,880 per hour on the year if you'd have done that, All right? So let's get into the trading. Now it was almost all crude oil today. So I'll start out here with gold. Now gold was kind of, it was really a mess right at the open, right through here. So we didn't do anything in here. Then it started to move and it was hitting the numbers, but it was having big whips back and forth. You see that? Like if I were to draw a line from here to here, it had the exact same line from here to here. Okay, and it was just working like that. You see right here, I drew this to show that this went from here to here. And that we could expect this one to go from there to there, which it did do. And then, you know, it had established that was pretty much the uh, the move amount. And so if you take that one right there all the way over to here, you can see it's the same thing. Okay, so just following the, the narrative is what Dwayne used to call it, or the overall larger trend of up. That's what it's doing. Um, anyway, we got in here and I took this one trade right here toward the end of the morning session and I picked up six ticks. Now, I only took it because we we're at the bottom of this triangle. It gave everything that it should have given to give us a long trade. It was a highest probability trade with the MA1 being the right color, the cycle being the right color. We bounced off the bottom of this triangle and we made it exactly up to the top of the triangle. I took six ticks out of the middle of that. Okay. After it made it to the top, it came back down. And then once it broke up above here, I could see these numbers up here. And I thought at the bottom of the hour, it's going to get up to those. And it got to it right before the bottom of the hour. Nailed all those numbers and went right through it. Um, during the break, it didn't really give anything until just recently. 
it gave a short trade right here that would have given you this much right here and then it pulled back and gave you a second bite at that apple if you got a break even on this one you might have wanted to take it again right here or right here um, for the move down right there and i would expect that move down is probably going to come to an end here pretty soon and turn around and probably start going back up um, the support on the 30 minute is going to be right here but you see the ma1 and the bbc are together right over here and that's what it was going to have a problem with this morning when it was all jammed up in here it just needed to break through that and get up above it okay um so we had the one trade for six ticks on gold all right now the es started out being okay but it quickly turned into not okay all right um right in here it was going into the zone so we didn't really want to do anything but once we got above the zone it was a little junky for the first 15 minutes and then finally we've got a trade off right here now in the meantime we were trading crude oil while all this was going on in here we we're trading crude oil and we were so close to getting our goal on crude but then i stopped out you know i went i got to plus nine and then i stopped out and went back to one and this has ended up where we ended up being where we got the goal right here i saw the yes trade coming up and i grabbed this one for eight ticks right here um it gave a follow-up trade here that I missed, and then another one here that I took a break even on. I was looking for it to get here, which it did. Then it got kind of messy. The slingshot was resetting, and it just wasn't giving us any trade opportunities for a little while. It gave us another one right here that was a break even. Then again, slingshot was all messy, not really giving us any trade setups. Now the larger time frame, in the larger time frame, what we were looking at. Um, let me pull this up a little bit. In the larger time frame, where is it? We were looking in a larger time frame for this to get up to. Um, this was the first spot right here. Now I had drawn these these numbers in last week, and I was looking yesterday for it to get up to forty six oh seven. And today I'm looking for it to get up to forty seven oh seven. Okay, but this was a line that I had drawn in last week, and that was a spot I was looking for today. And we did get up to that one forty six fifty right in here. 46 49 or 8 whatever right in that range once it broke above that these are last week's weekly trading zones but what i was looking for this morning was a break above um the ma1 and a hold above the ma1 on this candle and it did it uh you know dramatically really when it was right here i was saying okay well we really want this to hold we want to close above the ma1 and to hold above the ma1 and then right at the last minute had a nice run and then i was looking for it to pull back and it didn't now in crude oil when i get to crude i'm going to show you some stuff on a 30 minute on crude that i think you'll find interesting but of course this isn't the morning session so it's not as interesting right now as it was in the morning session when it was actually happening happening but um right now it's pulling back down here to find some support and what we should do is bounce up off of this right in here on the es and looking back 4707 it's 100 points away from what I was looking for yesterday. So I don't know if you guys followed that yesterday and got into it. But remember last week, I said I bought a bunch of call options when it was down here, right here last week. I still have them. <laughs> we have December 31st expiration. So I'm expecting some big movement here um, by the end of the month, probably by the end of the next week. Anyway um all that to say 
on the 4-tick range. Let's go back here. We had that first trade for 8 ticks. Then our next trade was in here for another 8 ticks. To put us at plus 16. Then we had a trade here for 4 ticks to put us, oh, I'm sorry, 6 ticks to put us at plus 22. And then a break even and a 2 tick to put us at plus 24. And that is where we ended the morning session. And this just looks awful. Since then, it just does not look good at all. If you look at it on a larger time frame, it's coming back here, finding some support here, and it should move up. 47.07 is the number. Now, I know yesterday, I don't know if it was this market that I had drawn it on. I had drawn a big, ugly yellow thing. I think it was in crude oil. Okay, well, we'll get back to that then. We'll go to crude next. All right, and so on the ES, we ended with plus 24 this morning. Okay. So now crude. Okay, now this morning, those of you guys who are in here right now who weren't in there this morning, the part that was recorded this morning would be pretty good for you to watch. Um, if you can get to that, you know, Val records until I go take a break in the morning session. I didn't take a break until 1048 this morning. So whenever that becomes available, that would be a good thing for you guys to go and see if you want to see the mix of the smaller time frame with the larger time frame. Okay, because what I was trying to do was walk Jay, who's one of our uh, passport holders, was talking to me yesterday about um, him only trading crude oil in, in a smaller time frame and a larger time frame. And what I was trying to do was walk him through exactly what was going on with the market as it was going on. And um, toward that end, I was able to see these numbers here I had given last week. Um, and they became important again today, and they were important last week, and they're still important now. They're important again today. Um, all these woo areas from last week became important today. You see this this spot right here was the woo area that we didn't get into last week, but it became important over here. That was yesterday. And this woo area, well, it was kind of messy in here as it got through it, but there was a section halfway through the woo area right there. That was, uh, that was good. And this one over here was the woo spot right in here that I mentioned this morning. But as the 30 minute came together, we were looking for a close on this candle above the MA1, and then we're looking for a pullback to the MA1. And if you look at this really closely, you can see that I have an area circled right there. And I said, a pullback into that area is gonna be the, the best spot to enter the trade. And on the four tick range, it's gonna look like a counter trend trade. And I said, this, what's going on right down here, it doesn't look good for the long-term bullish right now, but it really is. This is a cycle reset that's happening right here on a 30-minute chart. Now, it's going to take a whole day, maybe two days for that to play out, but that's bullish right now. I know it looks bearish right here, but we're trading above the BBC with the MA1 and the black step line above the BBC, and we have bearish separation. That's a cycle reset. So what has to happen then to reset the cycle? A big leg up that exceeds all the prior swing hides. So that's what's likely to happen here. That said, come back in here and we trade the four tick range. Okay, so our first trade here, I told you was, we got to nine ticks. Our first trade was um, four ticks. The second trade was five ticks. We're at plus nine. Then I stopped that on this one. Now I did have enough to get the goal for the day, but I didn't move fast enough and it stopped me out. Then I missed this trade right here, which would have got me the goal for the day. 
because at this point we're at plus one. This would have gotten a goal for the day, but I missed it. So I was inching my way through it after that. I had gotten the goal in here on the ES. And um, and then this is all that first candle still. Remember that, that first blue candle on the 30 minute. This one right here, um, right here. Where I was looking for the close above the MA1. That's what I wanted. By the end of the hour, that's what I wanted. And so it, you know, it gave us all this through here and over here we got, um, we went from plus one to plus three. Um, then right here we went to plus five and right here we went to plus 11. And then right here we went to plus 13. Then we had a break even there, a break even there. And here I didn't, I didn't log that. And we had a break even there and a break even there. And then we had a plus 12 right there. Now you see this area that I have highlighted right here. I actually drew that area back here before all of this happened. I drew that area back here because what I was saying to JA on a 30 minute chart, we were looking for this candle because now we're into this candle. You see this candle opened right here and it gave a little bump to the upside, but we're looking for it to pull back down to the MA1. And what I was saying as it was pulling back down to the MA1 is when it gets down into this area that I drew and this area, now at the time, this area was back here. So when it gets down into this area, you're gonna look for a counter trend trade on the four tick range. That should be the bottom and should start pushing you up. So that area moved over to here. Okay, and you know, as it was coming down, I just kept moving the area over. And, uh, and so we had, um, right here, we picked up 12 ticks and we're at plus 25 right there. Then it turned around and gave us a couple more opportunities. We had a break even, a break even, a plus 10 to get us to 35. Then looks like a couple of trades. And um, hang on, one of those was a plus one to get us to 36. I mean, that's where we ended the trading on the crude. But the thing to take away from it all was right here. I said, when it gets down into this area on the four tick range, because on the 30 minute, we had come down and hit the BBC. Not the BBC, we had come down and hit the MA1 on a 30 minute. And what that was, I had said, when this candle was done being built, I had said, look for the 50% mark of that candle. And it was right around 7170. And I said, look for the 50% mark of that candle. And the MA1 just happened to be right at that 50% mark. I said, that is the perfect opportunity. And then the way that it came together on the four tick range, I said, look for the counter trend trade when you get into that spot. And that spot happened to be right here that I said over here, we just kept moving it over. We got right here, we have a 164 counter trend. And that was the beginning of it. As this was developing on the way down, you know, we took that trade because I'm going to trade in whatever whatever it gives me, I'm going to trade on the four tick range. But I said, look for it to not continue the trend. Look for it to fail, and that's when you start. You want to start looking the other way, and this is when it failed right here. So it nailed the bottom right there, and it started moving up from there. And that was that was the whole morning session. Okay, that's all that I did in the morning session. Now there was some trades right through here that you could have taken, and some trades right through here that you could have taken, mostly up here at the top. And right here in the middle of this one, right there, there's some nice trades. Um, but then it turned into a whole bunch of 
mess right here. He really didn't want to have any part of that. And during the break, there was a short here, a short here, a short here. And that's it. So overall, we're still looking for it to go up right here. Um, I'm looking for it to get up to here, 70, at least up here. I think it's going to go way further than that. That was the last thing that I drew. Um, but I think it's going to go, once it breaks through that, you have a woo spot. I, I know I said this this morning. You have a woo spot all the way up to here. That's a huge thing. I mean, the first one is probably going to be here. We'll say all the way up to 76. Okay, so I'm going to draw this right now at 76. I think I can just put the number in there. Yeah, right here, we'll just do 76. And this is the first spot that it's going to try to get to. And it'll probably get there and fail off of it. And show um, them where that current resistance came from if you can draw a tiny rectangle from the current swing high all the way over to the left to the previous swing high if you get a chance on, let me finish this thought okay finish your thought <laughs> okay so right there will be the first thing we'll look for that one first okay that's going to be right here we'll look for that one first and then the next one well there's already a line way up here from some other time but the next one's actually going to be right here. So if I copy this and I paste it, see, I pasted the wrong way. Um, let me go to properties and I'll make it um, infinite. Infinite. Okay. You see how it's going the wrong way on the ray? So mm -hmm. I got to make it in. Mm -hmm. go both. Okay. So now let me do this and this and where did you want me to draw that line twin okay put your chart back like it was just a second ago yeah right there okay, okay. the current swing high on crew this one uh draw yep. a little rectangle to the left to the left yeah a line will work nope a line uh -huh. a right there boom okay right there the current okay. resistance yeah. is a result of the previous resistance if that resistance can be overcome and you can see the market has struggled to do so then that opens a window of opportunity to that next little swing high right where michael already has a line drawn right there and this line was drawn on the bodies of this one i think i probably drew it while it was happening the other day but it's drawn on the bodies of this one right here you see how the bodies are all right there bunched the up highest weekly zone for crude this week is 7460 okay and that that goes pretty well with this right yep. here yeah it does but there's a nice woo spot in between here and here and here and here. So yeah, and crude's be... been so explosive, it's so volatile lately. It could easily, you know, rip right through the highest weekly zone. Today's only Tuesday. Yep. Yep. And you know, I'm going to say something that you said in the meeting last week that I said this morning that I don't know how many people caught. If you are trading on a larger time frame like this, and you're trading above the MA1, look for it. To, look for it to get to the next zone. If you're trading below the MA1, look for it to get to the next zone. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's for you higher time frame guys. I mean, even even the guys that are trading the four tick range with me, you still want to, you, know, you still want to know where the zones are and, and use any target numbers. Yeah, it's really, it's really, I, I really love the fact that you're starting to connect the dots between uh, the 30 minute and the four tick range. I mean, I know you've always been aware of higher time frames. I didn't teach you that, of course. 
but you've really seemed to have incorporated it lately into your overall view of the markets. And so I think that's really good. I think doing it in doing it live in real time, I think is, is, is a thing that mm -hmm. I think everybody's starting to appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. Okay. Well with that, um, hang on, let me go back to finish okay. the rest you of know, this. Take your time. Take your time. Okay. Um, if you're going to read this spreadsheet, you got to read all the CFTC risk disclosures down at the bottom. Today is the seventh day of December 2021. We made 36 ticks in crude, six ticks in gold, 24 ticks on the ES. Put us at plus 720 on the morning session. Today it took 15 minutes and four trades to get to the goal for the day. At that point, we're up $110 a contract, and we took a total of 19 trades so far this morning. On the month now, that puts us at $5,040. That's over five trading days, averaging $1,008 per contract per two hour trading day. I'm not going to be able to maintain that for the whole month. But anyway, um, we've gotten our goal for the day on 231 out of 234 days. And that puts us so much closer to my goal for the year of $140,000. And even closer to the extended goal, if possible, which is 150. Um, you know, if the markets stay like this, we could, have, we could hit that 150 mark. I don't know how many business days we have left this month. Come on, here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Probably not. Probably not. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Sixteen business days left. Actually the thirty-first will be two. Seventeen business days left. So it could happen. It could happen. The one fifty mark, I mean, could happen. The one forty is pretty much a given. But the one fifty could happen. Um anyway, if you were to quit trading when you got your goal for the day. Um, and you added one contract per month following the 2420 blueprint with a little modification. Um, you would have worked on the year 61.8 hours and you would have averaged $2,880 per contract. I'm, I'm sorry, $880 per hour. Um, Rachel, it's one that goes against the trend. The 164. I'll send you a link to go look at it, but you shouldn't look at it right now. Know it at the point you are with your progress. Don't look at it yet. Okay, but I will teach you on that. All right. And so to take the free trial, I think you guys already all know this, but go to eminitrainingschool.com, eminitrainingschool.com, and right here put in your first name, your email, and your phone number. It tells the biggest train channel so we can tell the one on one training just for you. Hit that send button. You'll be sent a confirmation link. You must click on the confirmation link. Okay, if you don't click that link, you don't get the free trial because we don't know. All right, and that's it. With that, I can pass it back out to you, Dwayne. Fabulous Phoenix, Arizona, Studio A, Wolfing South Mountain, America's largest city park. You are ready. Okay. I'll be ready. Recap of the recap. Today, it took 15 minutes and four trades to get to $110 a contract. Good job. Thank you. I got one headline news article I want to share with you before you go. I know you probably got meetings and stuff, but because you served in the military, uh, you should really appreciate. I don't know if you appreciate it, but Kamikaze drones, a new per a new weapon, brings power and peril to the U.S. military. Some experts believe the spread of low-cost, lightweight killer drones will change ground warfare as profoundly as the machine gun did. Now, for those of you that were in World War II, you know about the kamikaze pilots, okay? 
The new killer drone whooshed its way out of the launch tube, spreading its carbon wings and shooting into the sky, flying too fast for the naked eye to track. The battery-powered robot circled the Utah desert, hunting for the target it had been programmed to strike. Moments later, it sailed through the driver's window of an empty pickup truck and exploded in a fireball. Hmm. Now, I mean, good hit, exclaimed an operator from Aerovironment, the company that produces the drone and sells it to the U.S. military. NBC News traveled to a military testing center for exclusive access to the first public demonstration of the Switchblade 300, a small, low-cost kamikaze drone made by Aerovironment. By Aerovironment, but sources said the U.S. military has used quietly. Clearly. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to find my... Okay. Which sources say the U.S. military has been quietly used quietly for years in targeting, targeted killing operations in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria. The demonstration told a story of promise and peril. Americans have been accustomed to images of Hellfire missiles raining down from Predator and Reaper drones to hit terrorist targets, but that was yesterday's drone war. A revolution in unmanned aerial vehicles is unfolding, and the U.S. has lost its monopoly on the technology. Some experts believe the spread of the semi-autonomous weapons will change ground warfare as profoundly as the machine gun did. They can leapfrog traditional defenses to strike infantry troops anywhere on the battlefield, and they cost just $6,000 apiece compared to $150,000 for the Hellfire missiles typically fired by the Predator or Reaper drones. That capability could help save the lives of U.S. troops, but it could also put them and Americans at home in great danger from terrorist or nation states that haven't previously had access to such lethal and affordable technology. I think it's going to be the new IED. It's something that we can see that is going to be a problem and we have some defenses, but not enough. Dubbed kamikaze, suicide, or killer drones, these unmanned aircraft don't fire missiles, they are the missile. But unlike typical missiles, they can circle above a target, wait for the ideal moment, and strike with incredible precision. The US military couldn't have fought the way it did in Iraq or Afghanistan if the enemy had had these killer drones. The next battlefield opponent is likely to have them, and terrorists will eventually get them too, a possibility that has Homeland Security officials scrambling to find a solution given that there is no surefire defense against them. How about you don't let this American company sell them to anyone yeah, I, but the U.S. military? How hard is that to figure out? Well, you know, the, the thing that that just jumps out to me is they probably already have them. They were probably over there in Afghanistan. They said they were using them over there already secretly. They're probably on that base in Afghanistan. And could be. And we've, they, yeah. we've already given yeah, them. Yeah, we <laughs> left them, you know, uh, what yeah, was it, $85 billion dollars worth of stuff. Over yeah. 100 countries and non-state groups that have drones have drones today. And the technology is widely proliferating. But take that a step further, chemical warfare. You know, they can fly those things over any place and 
Yeah, they're calling it An Army of None, a book about autonomous weapons. It levels the playing field between the U.S. and terrorist groups or rebel groups in a way that's certainly not good for the U.S. Today's small lethal drones are difficult to detect on radar, and they can even be programmed to hit targets without human intervention based on facial recognition or some other computer wizardry. And while the Pentagon and the Department of Homeland Security are spending billions of dollars to come up with counter drone technology, experts say there is as yet no foolproof version. Weighing just five and a half pounds, including its small warhead, the switchblade can be taken into battle in a backpack and fly up to seven miles to hit a target. The 300 model is designed to kill individuals, while a larger version, the 600, can destroy armored vehicles. Aerovironment isn't yet allowed to show the bigger one to the public. They are called switchblade because their blade-like wings spring out on launch. Uh, Nawabi said he has been told that the Taliban and others who have been on the receiving end refer to it as an angry bird or a buzzing bee. So yes, if we were using it over there, then that means we probably left some behind. At a, yes. at a fraction the cost of a Hellfire missile, and it only weighs, what, five and a half pounds? Uh, yeah, weighing just five and a half pounds. This is very, very concerning, guys. I don't mean to, I don't want to be a fear monger or any of that. I just want you to be aware. And I want you to be aware of this too. Capital One, you know, the old, what do you have in your pocket? If you shop on Amazon under the impression it has the best prices, then you may not get the most out of your money. Early adopters were deal hacker, penny pincher, uh, blah, blah. But this new one, Capital One Shopping. While you shop on Amazon, Capital One Shopping, this is a free download, instantly finds you the best price. Look, we love Amazon Prime. Free two-day shipping is great. And like everyone else, we enjoyed not knowing how much it actually costs. Well, guess what? It isn't free to move atoms from one location to another. And that cost gets baked into the price you pay. Here's how it works. It just pops up on your screen. When you shop on Amazon, Capital One Shopping automatically goes to work in the background. If a better offer is found, a notification appears instantly. It shows you the final price of the item, including sales tax and shipping, and notifies you of the delivery date. Same product, just cheaper. Sometimes you need your order in two days, and in those instances, Amazon Prime is the answer. Though the reality is that if you waited just a few more days for even half of your orders, the monthly savings with Capital One Shopping would pay for your year-long Prime subscription. The best part is completely free, and obviously, this is an advertisement from Capital One, who are not sponsors of the show. So, if you're interested, just Google Capital One Shopping. Okay. It's funny. It brings me back to a long time ago when I was when I was doing uh, when I was still programming you know, in the '90s. I went to this this uh, Microsoft thing. I think it was Microsoft. Yeah, it was a Microsoft thing. I went to. Um, it was at Gillette Stadium, right after Gillette Stadium was built, as a matter of mm -hmm. fact. Um, and they were going on and on about how the the money, it wasn't then, this was right at the beginning of all this, this was before Amazon and all that. The money is going to be made in in the delivery 
in the mailing in the delivery process. Mm-hmm. And this was back in the nineties. And so you can see how valuable that stuff has become. You know, all these companies are, that's where they're making the money. The, the last business uh, that I owned. <laughs> I say that as FedEx pulls up outside my house to deliver yeah. something from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> the last business I owned, we have 50 employees, but my single biggest bill every month was not my payroll, but my shipping cost. Because mm-hmm. my guys were on the phone selling products all day long. So, yep. Okay, Michael yep. just gave you a recap of what happened this morning in the live training room. A living, breathing instructor putting on, taking off trades and live markets right in front of you. Explaining every move he makes, every trade he takes. The rule behind it. There's a rule for everything. And answering your questions while you trade along in SEM until you qualify to go live. Now, as an adjunct to that, we have Logic 247, which is our 24-7, around-the-clock, e-mini alert service, which includes gold, silver, and crude oil. Now, the Logic 247 alert channel opens Sunday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, stays open until Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern, because the global futures markets trade around the clock with a one-hour break every day from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, it will become the Wednesday session, even though it's still Tuesday night here in the U.S. Since the markets opened Sunday night, we've issued a total of 23 alerts. Two never triggered. We're all caught up, so i got to get busy, put out some more alerts. We've had 21 actionable alerts. So far, nothing stopped out, 0%, based on not risking more than $300 per contract, per trade, less when possible, using market structure and a simple three-step process that we teach all of our traders. Now, along with the Logic 247 alerts, our passport holders also have access to our original alert service, the concierge trade alerts. The format for these is slightly different. These are published as a static report each and every evening, shortly after the Globex open. Last night, they got published at 6.25 p.m. Eastern. There's two numbers for each market. The same markets the CTA covers or the same markets that Logic covers. When we go to the charts, you'll see I've drawn a line in the sand at 46.15, and I've drawn a line in the sand at 45.62. For the markets you trade, when this report gets published each night, it's important to make note of the current price of the market you trade, because if price starts trending up towards 46.15, that's bullish, so you'll use Logic 247 and everything you've learned in the live training room to find opportunities to be long the market. On the other hand, if price starts trending down towards 45.62, that's bearish. And so our strategy will look for opportunities to be short the market. And that's where you'll use Logic 247 and everything you've learned in the live training room to yourself find opportunities to be short the market. Again, we cover the S&P, the Dow, the Russell, crude oil, the NQ, gold, and silver. So with that, we will jump to a daily chart of the S&P 500 E-mini futures. 
Today's broadcast is entitled, Is This a Dead Cat Bounce? There's the all-time historic high. Here's the bearish cross. Here's the leg down. First, we had a leg down. Then we had a pull back to the BBC. Then we had a bearish cross. We bounced 100 points off the 38% Feb retracement of the last leg up. And then we had a huge bounce off the 50% Feb, and then we came back down and had a really huge bounce off the 4,500 50% Feb retracement. We've bounced 189 points to where we are right now. We've already taken out this important resistance right here from these the high of these two days. We're up against the 24% Feb extension not retracement, 24% Fib extension. It can be thought of as a target or an obstacle, it's both. From here, if we break through this 24% Fib extension, then from a daily perspective, our next area for potential resistance is gonna come right off the high of this day, right here, 47.17. If we trade through 47.17 and hold the pullback, then there's nothing in our way from a daily perspective to keep us from getting to the all-time historic intraday high at 47.40 and a half, okay? So you got a little window of opportunity before you hit this resistance. That window of opportunity would be something like 46.95 up to 47.05. That's a 10-point move. Be prepared for some consolidation, some choppy trading action here. You might want to avoid. So you could trade it up to here, then be patient for a while. And if it gets through this area, then be prepared to trade long right on up to the all-time historic high, okay? Support, obviously, is way down at today's low. Now, this could be the head fake of all times. I'm not saying it is. It's not. That's not a forecast. It's simply an observation. But this sure looks bullish. The question is, can we hang on to it into the close, okay? And I can't answer that question because I don't know what's going to happen next. Nobody does. I don't care what their website says. I don't care what their email says. They don't know what's going to happen next. That's not how God created this universe. He did not give Adam the ability to change the past or to know the future. And those two things are inextricably linked for eternity. So the people who tell you they know what's going to happen next, they lie. But, I mean, let's face it, if you flip a coin, you should be right 50% of the time. But as we all know, 50% of the time usually is not good enough to create a positive equity curve. So while we don't know what's going to happen next, because we know how to read a chart and we understand how our indicators work because we built them, well, guess what? we do know what the next high probability move is. And last night, 
at 6.25 p.m. Eastern. This trade went out to every one of our passport holders. If the market triggers 46.15, expect it to run to the zone overhead. So 51. Fifty one minus fifteen is thirty six points at fifty dollars a point. That's an eighteen hundred dollar per contract move right there. And then look how we consolidated at the weekly zone. Only three things happen at a weekly trading zone. The most likely thing is consolidation, like you see here. And like you see here second most likely thing is rejection third and least likely is the slice okay now after consolidating the market did continue higher okay the next weekly trading zone overhead is way up at 47.80 so it's got lots of room to run on the upside but from the published entry to the published target $1,800 per contract traded. Moving on to the Dow. And the vertical line, by the way, separates yesterday, Monday, from today, Tuesday. And we opened right at the weekly zone last night. We got above red and falling. We pulled back to blue and climbing, which held a support. And price simply climbed the back of blue and climbing right up to the published target it just doesn't get any better than that and i'm not taking credit for it i'm not patting myself on the back i'm just saying what a beautiful and perfect move you could frame that and hang it in a museum on the dow the long cta was 35400 the target we missed just barely the swing high was 35,807. So let's just call it 35,800 to be conservative. And then I can do the math in my head. That would be 400 points. 35,800. From 400 to 800, that's 400 points. $5 a point, that's $2,000 per contract traded from the published entry the published target okay this is where we opened this is where we triggered we had a pullback here to the BBC it held the pullback holes more often than it doesn't and that sent us on the next leg of the journey now we've had a pullback here to blue and climbing and that might just give us the next leg that takes us all the way to the target at 35,820 on the Russell Last night's CTA was to be long at 22.24. The target was 22.54. From 24 to 54, that's 30 points. At $50 a point, that's $1,500 per contract traded. And as you can see, it continued on past the published target. Every one of our members got these entries last night at 6.25 p.m. Eastern. And they got the target Monday morning at 6.15 a.m. Eastern. Okay. 
That's when the weekly trading zones are issued. We've published them since December 14th of 2009. When price drops to a weekly zone, we expect it to be support. When it rises to a zone, we expect it to be resistance until proven otherwise. Okay. So that covers the Russell. Let's go to the NQ. The NQ will take your breath away. Now, from the trigger at 15,910, ah, that's going to be 90 and 50. That's 140 points from the entry to the target, 140 points. 140 times 20. That's $2,800 per contract traded just from the entry to the target. $2,800 per contract, okay? But it kept going all the way up to the next zone. Now, for those who might have seen this bullish candle and stayed with the trade, not saying you would, but if you did, 340, let's see, 6340, 63, 6340 minus 5910. It's 430 points at $20 a point. That's $8,600 per contract traded from here all the way to here but again the published target was just here it just kept running on its own okay this is where the market opened we opened above the bbc and we've remained above the bbc i'm only look the alerts in the alert channel were up to like four thoughts I always forget. Uh, let me take a look. The last alert published was number 9,075. So over 175 weeks, 9,075 individual alerts in the alert channel. Every one of them has been a trend trade. Now, there was a question this morning in the question box, what's a counter trend trade? Well, a trend trade is when price is above the VBC, a trend trade is to be long. Now, if you think price has found resistance here and it's going to pull back to the VBC, okay, that would be a counter trend trade. I do not publish counter trend trades in the alert channel, simply not because there's anything wrong with them. They just don't have the same high probability, low risk as a trend trade. But some people love to counter trend trade. If you're new, I encourage you, I really encourage you to focus on learning to take the trend trades as Michael teaches them to you in the live training room before you start messing with the counter trend trades. Now, do I ever counter trend trade? Yes. Uh, 
but do I publish them as alerts for the general public? No, I do not, for the reasons I just explained, okay? <clears throat> if this turns out to be true resistance, then this could become a beautiful counter-trend trade because once price finds resistance, it's going to look for it's going to turn around and go look for support so if this truly is the resistance we're going to turn around we're going to go look for support support could come at blue and climbing but if it trades below blue and climbing then the next level for potential support is at the bbc okay so that's the story on the nq and we still have one more weekly trading zone overhead on the NQ, way up there at 17,000. So if we get through this zone and hold it on a pullback, we got plenty of room to run on the upside. Okay. Okay. All right. We've covered the S&P, the Dow, the Russell, the NQ. Let's go crude oil. Last night's CTA on crude oil was 70.75. And the target, of course, is the weekly zone overhead. Uh, it only made it to a swing high of 73.03. So we'll call it $73. So that's $2 and a quarter. That's $2,250 per contract traded. Now, why did price stop here? Didn't get to the zone yet. Why would price stop right there in the middle of nowhere? I showed, I, was, I taught this in a mentoring session this morning. See that swing high? See that swing high? Resistance once found will remain resistance until broken and proven otherwise. If we break through this area, okay, then where's our next area for potential resistance? Right there. Now, does that create a super duper window of opportunity in between those two areas? You better believe it. Something like 7320. up to $74, that's a $800 per contract potential in that window of opportunity. And of course, if it gets through this area of resistance, then we would look for it to go on up to the weekly trading zone. And 74.60, that is the highest weekly trading zone for the week, okay? Resistance, resistance. These are basic principles that over time, they will become a part of how you think about markets, how you look at charts. It, you don't even have to, you do, well, well, let me try to explain it this way. Sometimes you get in your car and you drive to the store and you surprise yourself because you remember pulling out of the driveway and now you're parked in front of the 99 cent store. And you don't really remember the trip. Not that you didn't drive safely. 
You stopped for the kids on the crosswalk. You stopped at the stop signs and the red lights. You used your turn signal. You were sort of on autopilot, okay? You, you were focused on the task of driving, but a part of your mind was somewhere else, okay? Over time, that's how it becomes with trading, okay? You look at a chart and you just instinctively know what to do without having to go through some checklist. When you're learning how to drive, we start out with a checklist. Okay, uh, put on seat belt, put key in ignition, put foot on brake, turn on car, check behind us, put car in reverse. You know, all of us had some kind of a checklist, either it was written down or in our head when we were learning how to drive, right? In the beginning in trading, you do have a checklist. You have the mechanical methodology and system that Michael teaches you along with Valerie every morning in the live training room. It's important that you get that mechanical part down before I can attempt to teach you discretionary trading if you even wanna learn discretionary trading. It's not a requirement, it's not a necessity. Michael's teaching you how to take a couple points a day out of the market. And you might say, well, a couple points a day, that's a hundred bucks. Uh, I can't pay a lot of bills with a hundred bucks a day. No, but once you increase your account balance to two grand, the 2420 blueprint gives you the green light to add a second contract. So those same two points are now worth $200. The blueprint will always tell you when it's time to add you only add one contract at a time, and you only add with profit you earned in the market. By the time you've earned the right to trade 10 contracts, the same two points that used to pay you 100 bucks, those two points now pay you a grand a day. So you can choose to be the type of trader, and that's part of the 2420 blueprint. As you write your business plan and write your trading plan, it helps you decide what kind of trader do you want to be? Do you want to be the trader who goes for a lot of points every day? Or do you want to just take a little clip out of the market, get real good, real consistent at that, and over time build the number of contracts that you trade? Whichever type of trader you decide to be when you book a one-on-one -on -one mentoring session, we will help you with whatever path you've chosen. And if at some point you decide the path you've chosen was not the proper path for you, that's okay. We know how to switch gears and we'll help you become the trader that you wanna be using our methodology and our strategy. But simple math tells us that it's simpler, not easy, because trading's not easy, but it can be simple it's simpler to take two points a day out of the market than it is to take 10 points a day out of the market. Think about it. It's simpler to take two points a day out of the market than it is to take 10 points a day out of the market. And if you're trading 10 contracts because you've earned the right to, when you start with us, you start in SIM. We want you to put together 10 consecutive days in a row in SIM where you reach your goal in 10 trades or less before you even go live. 
once you go live start trading real money now your goal is to increase your account balance by two thousand dollars when you add that second contract it is a big deal because the first contract was funded by your startup capital but the second contract is funded by your trading by your productivity by the profit you earned in the market and everything doubles the same two points instead of being a hundred bucks a day is now 200 bucks a day that's a grand a week that's nothing to sneeze about by the time you get to four contracts that's 400 a day that's two grand a week that's nothing to sneeze about you can do the math okay all right so we've covered the S&P the Dow the Russell the NQ covered crude oil now we'll go to gold and and we got one more market to cover silver come on there we go all right let me open this up so you can actually see it there we go now we can see it okay and we triggered we had two-sided action on goal which means you triggered on the long side and the short side okay now the first trigger at 1778 took us down to a low uh 77.2 so not much 80 bucks per contract traded okay here price basically got rejected now 30 bucks and this one worked out beautifully now the weekly zone which is the target on every long trade the zone above is the final trade to target on every short the weekly trading zone below is the final trade to target and so this zone is 1772/73 the swing low of this candle is 72.4 so it made it to the target at 73 so from 78 to 73 that's $500 per contract traded then we triggered on the long side and from 1783 we made it up to 1785 that's $200 per contract traded then we got back below the trigger triggered again and that was $140 $140 per contract traded and then back below the trigger triggered again this time it was $250 per contract traded and then we got back below the trigger triggered again didn't quite make it to the all the way to the target zones are an area we got the 89.3 so we missed it by seven ticks so we'll just call it 89 from 83 to 89 that's $600 per 
contract traded. Price has now pulled back to the trigger, back to the BBC. We like to see it dip below the trigger so that we can then call it an official retrigger. Okay. And last but not least, silver. Silver, no trigger on the short side. Now, a $1 move in silver, if silver goes from 22 to $23, if you're trading futures, that's five grand per contract traded. That's if the price of silver moves $1. There's a hundred pennies and a dollar. So the trigger was 2246. And we made it up to 22.47 and a half. So one and a half pennies. And then we just kept getting rejected, rejected, rejected. Another penny and a half. Another rejection. Finally get a decent trigger. And while it hasn't made it all the way to the target, it has put in a swing high at 22.62. So 62 minus 46 is 16 pennies. 25 pennies is $1,250 per contract. 50 pennies is $2,500 per contract. And 100 pennies is $5,000 per contract traded. And so that covers all the markets. S&P looks like it might want to take a little pull back here to the BBC, which would be welcome. That would give us an opportunity to trade it long into the afternoon. The Dow, same thing. Looking for a pull back to the BBC. Price always reverts to the mean. And every time frame, in every market and the mean in our case just so happens to be green and we call it the BBC it stands for bull bear cross when price is above it we're bullish and anticipate higher prices when price is below it we're bearish we anticipate lower prices this was the longest period we spent below the daily BBC all year and then we had this. Now we're waiting to see, is this the real deal or a dead cat bounce? Okay. How we close today, if we close back below these highs, then it may be a dead cat bounce. If we overcome today's high, don't forget, you got a little window of opportunity up here. From basically 46.95 up to 47.05, that's 10 points, $50 a point, $500 per contract traded. If you have not become a member of the CFRN family, you can do that today. All you need is the lifetime, all access passport it's the all-access passport to everything we do 
everything we've ever done and all the stuff we're in the process of doing now and anything we do in the future. It's everything a trader needs, all under one roof, one low price. You will be one of these two groups. Nine out of 10 new traders fail, one out of 10 succeeds. That's based on the statistics as published by Futures Magazine. Why do most traders fail? Well, the number one reason is because they don't have a teacher. And I don't mean a book or a video series. I mean a living, breathing teacher that actually teaches you how to trade. Nine out of ten traders don't have that. Nine out of ten traders don't have a business plan. Nine out of ten traders don't have a trading plan. As a CFRN passport holder, you'll have all of those things, including unlimited one-on-one -on -one private mentoring. You will learn our proprietary methodology and strategy, which you'll soon be able to apply to stocks, options, the same way we've done it with futures for years. You'll own our indicator set for life. You'll receive the Logic 247 alerts around the clock, and you'll receive the CTA report each and every evening shortly after the Globex open. All that and so much more. And all you got to do is go to eminifuturestrading.com, click the button. If you're an original partner and you never actually stepped up to the passport and you want to, Valerie has a very special, ho, 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 special for you. Just call her at 949-42-E-MINI or email support at CFRN. Net. And if you're a veteran or a first responder, we have a special discount for you as well. 949-42-E-MINI, support at CFRN.net, or just go get the doggone thing at eminifuturestrading.com, and then Valerie will swing into action and give you access to all of the different telegram channels that you'll have access to should get you set up with your demo platform and your indicators uh she'll help you with everything okay all right good word for the day last few days we've been talking about thoughts on giving it is the holiday season and we are expected to buy stuff and package it up and wrap it up and give it away so we'll continue talking about that our scripture today is second corinthians 9 7. you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for god loves a person who gives cheerfully some translations say God loves a hilarious giver. And you're able to give cheerfully or hilariously, not because you're on acid, <laughs> but because you understand your father has this never-ending supply. Beautiful thing about God is his shovel is bigger than yours. So as you shovel it out, he shovels it back in. You can't out-shovel God. 
Corinthians 9, 7, you must decide in your heart how much to give. Now, let's, eat, let's give four different reasons. Number one, some people give out of guilt. They, they give to God's work because they would feel bad if they didn't. That's not a cheerful or a hilarious giver. Some people give out of greed. They give only to get. They stand on scriptures such as Luke 6.38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So, okay, what's wrong with that kind of thinking? It's me-centered rather than us-centered. If you're writing a big end-of-year check to impress your pastor, you're trying to impress the wrong guy. The guy you want to impress is God. I have, at times, when our church had a special need, I would go to the bank and actually cash a check and just put the money in an envelope with no name whatsoever and put it in the giving tower. Now, I can't take that as a tax deduction, but it's, it's a secret thing between me and the Father. And what we do in secret, the Father says he will reward us for openly. I'm not saying you should do what I do. I'm just telling you. I've done that. Number three. Some people give to get glory. Jesus said in Matthew 6.1 Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. That's what I was just talking about. Of course, your accountant, your bookkeeper, they want you to, you know, write a check or use your card so that they can get every deduction that you deserve. So, you know, for your regular tithe and things, yeah, write the check. You know, use the card. The debit card, not the credit card, okay? But there's maybe times or maybe special occasions when... When God speaks to you about a need in somebody's life, you know, and maybe it's an individual in your congregation, you could take that envelope that's got those $100 bills in it and you could go to your pastor and you could say, hey, pastor, I know that sister so-and-so is having a problem. Uh, I heard with her rent this month or electricity or whatever. Would you please see that she gets this from an anonymous member of the congregation so now you God and the pastor knows okay but imagine the blessing that person feels because they understand that God is moving in their life money literally appeared out of nowhere they were at their wits end they didn't know how they were going to pay the rent they didn't know how they were going to pay the electricity bill of course you could just walk up to them and go here you go, and 
they're going to thank you and kiss you and hug you. But maybe that's all the reward you get. You get your reward from man or from God. You choose. God is not just interested in what you give, but in why you give. The motive. He looks beyond the measure of your giving to the motive behind it. If you give to God out of greed, guilt, or glory, he writes a big zero over your account. You've already been paid back. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 3, When you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And number four, some people just give out of gratitude. These are the people who ask, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? That's Psalm 116, 12. And those people, they give out of gratitude. They give not to get. They give because of what they've already been given. Remember the widow who went into the temple? She only had, I think it was called two miters, but it was like maybe two pennies. And then the big rich man, he waltzes in and, you know, when he puts his offering in the plate, it makes a thunk, right? And Jesus said, ask his disciples, it was a test. Who do you think's more blessed? The obvious answer is the, you know, the guy that, you know, filled up the collection plate. Jesus said, no, 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 no. It was the widow, the one who gave all she had because she believed in me. She trusted that her father in heaven would meet all of her needs. Now, I'm not saying you should go out and give away everything you got. You got to be a good steward. Okay. The area of finances can be a little bit tricky as a Christian. But we'll save that sermon for another day. Psalm 116.12 again says, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? That is giving out of gratitude, and that's the kind of giver you want to be. And that's our good word for the day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Whoever you are, wherever you are, may God continue to richly bless you with his mercy and with his grace. And I'll see you at the bell.
Remember this, there is no greater return on investment than to see a human life changed and given hope. As always, pray hard and trade safe. Any financial information discussed on this show is simply the opinion of our host, Dwayne Reeves, his co-hosts, and guests. To learn more about trading e-mini futures or to take a one-week free trial in our live trading room, call 1-866-928-3310. 866-928-3310. Information discussed on this radio program should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Always do your own due diligence and consult with a licensed securities broker or financial planner before making any investment decision. 